I mean, I was here to talk about the theme, obviously, to kick off the conference with a big Digital Sucks talk. And uh, the theme of my talk was that we have taken the optimism of the early web pioneers, kind of the, the hippies in California who helped uh, form web and tech culture as we know it today. We've taken that early optimism and kind of let it be turned by big corporations into a kind of ideology with its own set of rules that is now kind of constraining us. Uh, so I think that is at the heart of what's gone wrong. We've lost touch with the optimism of the early web pioneers um, and we're kind of stuck with a broken model of optimism and that's what I wanted to talk about today. What fundamentally has gone wrong with this model of optimism that we have now is that the big tech corporations, the big tech platforms, and I'm thinking of course of you know, Google, Facebook, Twitter, uh, even Airbnb to a certain extent, they proclaim this uh, optimism and they proclaim it as though it's just a sort of universal human truth. But really they've taken the optimism of the early web pioneers and turned it into an ideology that sort of serves their own purposes. So an ideology that lets them keep doing what they're doing and keep making money. And, and a fundamental part of the reason that vision of ideology, that, uh, sorry, that vision of optimism, that very simple-minded optimism is so easy for them to sell us is because we've had it so good for so long, you know? Crucial to what I wanted to say in my talk is that those early web pioneers, that generation that was born in the 1940s and came of age in the 1960s, they were born amid one of the most destructive events in human history. They really had a backdrop to their lives that reminded them that we as human beings can make things worse as well as better. And I think that is what we've forgotten today, or that's what we tend to forget today. We've forgotten that lesson of history. And the big tech corporations, to a certain extent, have taken advantage of that to sell us a vision of optimism that's very black and white, that is not nuanced, is not accurate, and is not doing us a good service when it comes to making genuine human progress through technology, which is what we all want in the end. So obviously, nobody wants to be a pessimist, but would you still call yourself an optimist? Yeah, I would say, I mean, my big call in my talk was to embrace something that I call, for want of a better phrase really, uh, double-sided optimism. So yes, remain optimistic about the power of innovation, about the power that we have as human beings to come together and build a better world, but hold that optimism against the backdrop of the knowledge that we as human beings can also make things worse and our technologies can make things worse too. Okay? And we have to work really hard and be very mindful to ensure that the technology we're putting out into the world really is going to make the world a better place. We have to do all kinds of things like think through the unintended consequences of what we're doing. Now that came naturally or more naturally to that 1960s generation who were born at a time when humankind's ability to create negative you know, progress, sort of chaos and destruction was very evident. We need to remember that. It seems like a small shift in attitude, but actually if you make that shift in attitude, you come to innovation with a totally different spirit, right? It can be a very powerful moment for you. And I think that's something of what we need to recover as we look to 2018, 2019, in terms of fixing some of the stuff that's gone wrong. Do you see already some examples for this double-sided optimism? 
I mean, I give some examples in my talk of, of people working to embrace double-sided optimism. There are a few big things I said you could do as an innovator to embrace it. But one of the biggest things I said is, look, just, just disrupt the right things. You know, think very carefully about what it is you're trying to disrupt. Uh, we just saw an example of the startup Bodega, who essentially, even in their name, are suggesting they want to disrupt, they want to smash, basically, the corner store, the Hispanic-owned corner store in New York. That is not something that members of that local community want to be disrupted. So how about looking to more meaningful human problems? I talked about some examples of that, you know, Fact Marta, the startup in the UK, taking aim with AI and a kind of wiki platform at the problem of fake news, like disrupting fake news. What about disrupting uh, addiction? You know, so we saw uh, Alcoholics Anonymous in Brazil building an AI-fueled chatbot, taking their archive of counselling and dealing with alcoholics for decades now and plugging that into an AI-fueled chatbot to give support and constant advice to alcoholics when they need it. In the first 12 hours, it had like 70,000 hits. So disrupt the right things, disrupt more meaningful things is one powerful tactic. You know, very easy to say, I'm conscious of that, very difficult to do, but can we start thinking along those lines as innovators? I think if we can do that, we're moving in the right direction. I totally agree. So how did you like Next Conference so far? What can I say about Next Conference? I mean, it is still my favorite conference of the year. That's why I come back year after year. And like I said on stage, you know, at Next, I'm really primarily here uh, to listen rather than to talk. So you get so many great speakers, you get so many interesting ideas, and most of all, you just get, as a speaker, but also as an audience member, an amazing audience to connect with who are so enthusiastic, who have come here with passion, have come here with amazing spirit, come here to learn. And it's just so fun and inspiring as a speaker to talk to an audience like that. So great fun, massive learning. You know, what more, what more could you want? Okay, so it's only be half a day now, but what are your key takeaways from the first morning of Next? Yeah, so I just heard a very interesting talk about the nature of digital innovation and why a lot of the story about why innovation goes wrong in large companies is not necessarily true. And a very interesting model that talked about how um, we're still using a kind of railroad company of innovation, you know? So my takeaway there was to not necessarily believe the, the, the traditional narrative about why innovation goes wrong in big companies. It's not that they don't care about innovation. It's not that they're frightened of it or they're not trying to do it. It's that the decision-making often goes wrong. And I thought that was an excellent talk, extremely, well-argued talk about what goes wrong in large organizations when it comes to innovation. That's a big takeaway for me.